As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Drag, filth, horror, glamour are all served up with wicked delight on the reality TV series The Boulet Brothers Dragula. The search for the world's next drag super monster now on Netflix. Although the Boulet Brothers take sickening pleasure in torturing their contestants, the show has a lot of heart. Dragula's bloody heart truly breaks free from stifling conformity with the host's belief that drag can't be mainstream at its core. As they say, most contemporary drag was born in seedy gay bars around sex, violence, and drugs. Today, the Boulet Brothers, Dracmorda and Swanthula, the hosts and creators of Dracula, join us to take a look at their groundbreaking third season and all the gore that didn't make the final cut. Plus, which challenges would scare them the most if they were contestants on their own show? Do you really know about fear? Take our quiz and find out. What we didn't see during Madeline Hatter's emotional breakdown. And what spells you need to cast to get on season four. I'm Fausto Fernos. I'm Mark Fillion. And this is Feast of Fun. <laughs> <laughs> You like my clown nose? Oh, it's adorable. Thank you. Feast of Fun is made possible because of fabulous people like you. For the past 15 years, our microphones, hard drives, mixers, and cables have fearlessly been recording podcasts with thousands of legendary LGBTQ artists. Right now, we need your help to save Feast of Fun. Two of our microphones are broken, our equipment and our website have had it, and are in urgent need of repairs in order to continue. Plus, we'd like to bring back our special forums for listeners and guests of the show, a truly fun place to chat without fear of having their privacy compromised or exposing themselves to Facebook. This holiday season, please consider stuffing your stocking with Feast of Fun. Go to GoFundMe.com slash SaveFeastOfFun and pledge any amount today. Thank you.
Hello. Hello, this is Wampula. Hello, uglies. <laughs> oh, doesn't it feel good to say it? It feels wonderful. It does. How are you guys doing? We're great. And why wouldn't you be? Dragula is a hit, and it's now on Netflix. Very yeah, exciting. Very exciting. We're still like recuperating, trying to feel full strength after the Halloween uh, extravaganza that this year was. It was a lot of events, a lot of parties. So really, it was really kind of an amazing season for us this year. And then to top it all off, the announcement on Netflix on Halloween night, it was like the purest and most powerful form of dark magic we could have been blessed with. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of spell did you cast? And can I borrow it? <laughs> when you're ready. I'm going to have to stand in line. You guys have so many apprentices. Could you take a few more? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> you know how you guys look in a jock strap too, so that's part of the requirement. <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys are quite handsome underneath all that illustrious makeup. Oh, thank, thank you. you. And, and that's the number one question I get asked by everybody is, what do these Bra- Boulet brothers look like out of drag? And I've been in an elevator with the both of you, and I didn't even realize I was talking to you both. <laughs> yeah, I love that. people. That happens to us a lot. Like, we'll be in L.A. and we'll be, you know, in a, a mutual space with someone, like even an elevator actually once, and there's people that we know, and they just have no idea. It's very odd but it's it's you know it's something we purposely do so we kind of like our private life to be private yeah do both of you guys do your own makeup it's so good yes it's true so do you guys practice on each other's faces or each one is like looking at each other and be like okay uh you need a little bit more orange on your lips no it's kind of odd like the way that we do it now we don't even look at each other and i think it's because swan learned to do makeup first and then she taught me. So I, it's just sort of like the same sort of process. So we have differences. If you really look closely at us, our, our process is different. But in the end, somehow we end up looking like each other. So we just go with it. So you're not sitting next to each other at mirrors and being like, okay, nope, uh, make that a little bit higher. Okay, a little bit higher for the cheeks, that kind of stuff. Well, we when are we're... sitting next to each other, but we're not looking at each other the whole time. <laughs> When we're home, it you know, there's like the whole station, the whole like where, where all the beauty sorcery happens. But when we're traveling, it'll be like, oh, you're in one side of the hotel room and I'm on this side. Or, you know, we'll check in and kind of be like, oh, what are we doing with eyebrows today? OK, great. That shape or like what lip are we going to wear? And, you know, answer those kind of questions. But we don't have to check in. It's kind of, now it's kind of like this uh, sixth, sixth sense kind of thing. Mm. One thing I've really enjoyed about the second and third season is not just the, the competition, but the the film. Film, the narrative, the skits that you guys do in the beginning of the show. Yes. I imagine you guys have probably talked about making a movie. Yeah, it's actually something that's come up quite a bit over the last season. Um, I think when uh, the network started seeing what we were doing and they were really surprised and they're like, wow, you know, and that's like a passion of ours. Uh, horror and film is certainly something we've been interested in forever. So it's just came up a lot and it's something that we are pursuing that we do want to do. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when you say nightmares. keep your eyes peeled, you really mean it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Break out the eye peeler. The carrot peeler. Yeah. <laughs> well, this season was a landmark season for reality television and for drag queens and drag kings. You guys had a wide variety of contestants in the last season. 
You had a cisgendered, heterosexual, mostly, uh, disasterina. Yes. Uh, assigned female at birth, that's Hollow Eve. And your <laughs> drag king winner, all hail the king. Landon Sider. Yeah. Yes, and actually Priscilla Chambers is and trans Priscilla. as well. Yes. You guys had such a diverse group of people this season. And you managed to crown a drag king. How did that all come together? The show was born out of the, the nightlife event of the same name, Dragula. And from the beginning, you know, through our aesthetic, what we believe, our experience, the world of drag, the drag that we experienced going back to New York and coming to California, uh, the world wasn't so segregated the way that everyone is programmed to believe that it is today. Um, we would have accepted AFAB uh, performers and drag kings uh, at season one. You know, we even tried to encourage people to audition when we were putting the first season together. However, you know, everyone believes that if they're going to do a drag show, they only want the queens. So we had to kind of retrain everybody and say, look, the door is thrown wide open. Drag is for everybody, can be performed by anybody. And it just took our third season for the, uh, you know, the people auditioning to catch up to that. Yeah. And I think also, you know, we don't want to just cast, hey, let's try to be diverse. So let's look for people and try to have them, you know, fit into this mold. We need to see the performer and know that they fit Dragula. And like, for example, with Hollow Eve, mm -hmm. Hollow is a hundred percent Dragula. Like to me, we felt like we need to include this person in the season, no matter what. And it wasn't because, because they were a uh, AFAB queen. It was just because they fit the mold of the show. Yeah, filth, right? Isn't yeah. What is it? Horror, filth, glamour, glamour. and uh, baking. <laughs> For you guys, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> and cookie crisp cereal. <laughs> How did you guys come up with all these extermination challenges? Because uh, there's a lot of really wonderful psychological experiments happening here. So it's a combination of a couple of things. One, we are sadistic, of course. So we, we sort of sit. It's sort of like this picture sitting around with your friends and being like, you know, Oh my God, wouldn't it be amazing if we could get a drag queen to do that? You know, it's that kind of thing, you know? So we'll, we'll we know, uh, people in our scene and people that we do events with and stuff. And it's just, we just think it's fun to create these outrageous scenarios and to see drag performers do that on TV is just so unusual and it's entertaining. And, and so that's how it started. But then there is a whole another side to it about facing your fear. You know, we're doing sort of a horror themed drag competition show and it's, and horror has a lot to do with fear and uh, fighting back and all those sort of things. And so I think that some of the challenges we came up with were intended to push people to face their fear. But it's such a good commentary on the art of drag to try to get Louisiana purchased a staple money to her thigh. <laughs> and, exactly. and I ran into her in Austin after that was shortly taped and she was showing me her scars. Is that safe? <laughs> Is it sanitary? I don't know if I believe that maybe <laughs> it's funny because some of the stuff that we see on the show, uh, I know that it makes a lot of people gag and they're like, Oh my God, how could they do that? This is crazy. When you're kind of in the performance 
circle, I guess the circuit of like underground performances, whether it be in LA or San Francisco or Austin or whatever, um, you see these kind of things. You see people doing stapling to their face and angle grinding and like body suspension and all this kind of stuff. We just kind of wanted to take some of that and take it out from the shadows and put it in the light for everybody to see. And it's also, you know, the show is based off of our drag and, you know, where we came from in drag is not your traditional space. We're trying to create a new a new arena for drag to exist in. And we used to throw fetish parties back in the beginning. So a lot of the things that, yeah. So a lot of these things that that we have, that the competitors do are things that we have done ourselves. For example, we used to go to Wasteland Week and we were like the first drag characters at, at Wasteland Week. And we hosted it for a long time, a couple years in a row. And we all, you know, we have tattoos and piercings and everything. So a lot of this stuff is really not that outrageous for us or people that, we came up with but you know obviously other people are very shocked by it the real shocker is there's so much more <laughs> there's so many lists of ideas so is that the the couple that bondages together stays together <laughs> uh, bonding and bondage are very you know they're not so different <laughs> so of all the challenges that you guys had the contestants do this year what is there any of the uh, the challenges that you yourself were like that's something I would never want to do? Or what was the thing that would have pressed you the most? I think for me, there's nothing I wouldn't do because I wouldn't ask them to do something that I wouldn't do. In previous seasons, we could have said, there's nothing I would ask them to do that I haven't done. But this season, we did ask them to do a couple of things that we haven't done. I would not like to jump out of a plane, but I would absolutely do it. What mm. about you? Um, I answer this question the same way every time because it's it's truly my Achilles heel, like eating weird shit, uh, <laughs> like you know, like uh, whatever it was, like pigs' feet and milk and tobacco, what all, you know, whatever kind of concoction that was brewing up in some of those challenges, mm. it would go in my mouth and then it would just be projectile, and I I, I don't even think I could say anything. You know, I could help it at all. It's weird when we come up with the stuff and we're sitting with the other producers. I personally get excited about it because we're like, this is what we would like to do. I would love to go on a show and do these exterminations versus, you know, let's say Drag Race. If they're like, go and lip sync to a Mariah Carey's, I would, that would be terrible. <laughs> I would be terrible. <laughs> yeah. Or like, do a comedy challenge or be cute. I'd be like, holy shit, this is the worst experience of my life. So for me, I'm like, sign me up. Let's do it. Yeah. We're kind of thrill seekers too. So all this stuff, you know, this is, a lot of this stuff appeals to us. It's exciting. It's thrilling. I want you guys to take a pop quiz on fear. Okay. okay. Uh, this is, uh, according to Chapman University, a survey of Americans for 2018, the largest and most thorough study on phobias and fears. And they pull uh, thousands of people all from different walks of life, from different political persuasions. And what is the number one concern and fear, anxiety that Americans have? And it's not public speaking. Is it finances? Is that your final answer? <laughs> well, that's Drax. Is, is that's that your, my That's Drax's answer. Yeah. Okay. My, uh, so I'm going to say being alone, like uh, not, not finding someone to spend your life with. So uh, I guess I needed my... So Where's the, the fail button? Yeah, the fail button's on somewhere else, but I have the I have the uh, the bell button for winner. Oh, I like that. The number button. one, the number one thing that Americans are afraid of is corrupt government officials like Donald Trump. You're <laughs> that is not true. Seventy three percent. That is fake news. That is totally fake. Seventy three percent of people polled by that were afraid of corrupt 
government officials like Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump, regardless of your political persuasion, you're afraid of the government. Mm. Oh, but that's who we elect. Oh, okay, that makes a lot of sense. That's, that's insanity. like, hi, what's the number one thing drag queens are afraid of? Lipstick. Okay, <laughs> sure. What's scarier, zombies, ghosts, or clowns? People For, always say clowns. People say They're clowns. So They're going to say clowns. Yeah. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Is it ghosts? Uh, zombies are scarier than both. We are not like these people at all. Right. That's what we the, are. The, so think of it as like family feud. <laughs> it's not <laughs> yeah, your okay, answer. Yeah, okay. It's what people at the mall do. Okay, right, <laughs> okay, right. Okay. So uh, zombies are the scariest. Besides not having finished high school, What's the number one predictor that you are a fearful person? And it's mm. not your politics. You're a fearful person? Yeah. What's a big predictor of fear? It's, it's, such, a wide, it's such a big thing. What's They're the just number not one thing Americans do that makes them more and more scared of things? I don't even understand the question. Uh, <laughs> they, the like, it's the news. It's the news. Yes. Watching the news. Correct. Watching yeah. television. And the number, it's not the news that makes them scared. It's reality television. It's the, oh, I thought yes! the zombie shows. Yes! Uh, Where's my bell? I got it right here. <laughs> <laughs> what scares Americans the least? What is the least thing they're scared of? Was the the, the yeah, thing yeah, everyone is there a choice? Yeah, food. Food. yeah. I mean, okay, puppies, I'll give you some puppies. I mean, sexual harassment in the workplace, gossip. This is a weird poll. And people talking <laughs> about you in the back. This is the least thing they're worried about. Or rats. Oh, so okay. there was a choice. Of three, like three, yes. Okay, rats, so they gossip like... or sexual harassment. Hey, which, which is the which is the thing they're they're fearful of the least? Yes. Is it sexual? Gossip or rats? Rats. Drakmorta says rats. Swanthula? Jesus. Um, gossip. Rats is the answer. Nobody cares about those stupid rats. Because <laughs> they're all trash. That's why. Are you going to have contestants eat rats? So who's the winner? Uh, we each got one. You we each got one. Oh, it's perfection. <laughs> <laughs> you guys were made for each other. It's true. You're so in love. This is gross. <laughs> <laughs> so since you guys work together so closely, what kind of things do you guys do? I mean, besides bondage to decompress. We find the most isolated place we can far away from other living things. We go out to the desert and we camp with our dog and we just like stay away from people. <laughs> what kind of dog do you have? A uh, pit bull. Oh, has, has the dog been on the show? No, no, and she's never going to be, and we're not going to talk about her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I didn't realize that uh, boulet is French for drag. Yes, it, we discovered it, that later. What? Later on. How did you guys come with the, the name boulet? Is it an old French family name? I, I've learned this very recently. It is a term in, Fr in French for drag, but it's not like drag as in cross-dressing or the, the way that we're using it. It means to like drag something across the floor. Or to drag your enemy, like scalp them and drag them. <laughs> oh, close. They play a game called Le Boule, which is like bocce, right? So it's probably like that kind of like... Shh, you but know, do you, do you guys know that the origin of drag in terms of cross-dressing and theater comes from also dragging a fox through the fields? Well, a scent of fox. A scent to create a scent? This is of a course. theory. 
That so so back in the day, um, they they would drag a fox and they would call it a drag hunt. And it was well, they uh, wouldn't drag the word, a fox. It would take like oh, fox urine on fox a cloth, urine on or, a cloth or, yeah. or something or some oil and they would take it and they would drag it behind a horse. And, you know, if you do a fox hunt, you the fox can go anywhere. But if you do a, a drag hunt, you can take it and it's staged so you can take it down lovely country roads. And so people are just following the scent. So it's a much nicer thing. And then so that led to the term drag racing. And so the, the term drag originated as as a synonym, synonym for staging. Did you guys get this information from the same place you got your poll answers? Because I, <laughs> I saw a TV show and, I, and this guy said, oh, you're here at this party. I thought I thought your drag hunt was over. I was like, what the fuck is a drag hunt? You know, it's like some Victorian show. I find show. that word pejorative. <laughs> <You know? laughs> and so. Well, and, and so the thing about it is, is you know, there's there's a lot of debate of where this idea comes from, but it really is to to do something in drag is means to impersonate, to stage, to create fantasy. And mm, that is our specialty. And, and that's your specialty. And in terms of like queer sensibility, like queer people are very attracted to horror too. Yes, that's true. And well, you know, you look back at. Uh, old horror movies and a lot of times the idea of cross-dressing or queerness is uh, is something that the main antagonizer goes back and forth with a lot so if you look at like psycho like dressing up like his mom and even uh, leatherface there's and mm-hmm. and like silence of the lambs there's like this otherness of like a cross-dresser that's vilified and it becomes kind of like the monster yeah mm-hmm. i guess in our case we had someone to look up to when we were watching this <laughs> Dahlia Black's final look with all the skin and faces of the other drag queens sewn in a Silence of the Lambs style. It was so good. Do you mean the four faces? Yes. She, she, yeah. made, she made the perfect drag outfit from the skins yeah. of her enemies. <laughs> yeah. It, it was impressive. Like, she's a very, she's so creative and, and so young. It's kind of stunning what she's capable of. It really is. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, uh, you know, Landon Sider's demented Tin Man uh, was just a fantastic look. Oh, we love the idea of taking some childhood fantasies and things that put smile on people's faces and twisting it into some like nightmarish gore fest. Like it was such, it was so fun to watch. I heard a rumor that the theater that you guys film in was being used for like weddings and bar mitzvahs, and you guys had to strike the set all the time. That's part true, but this is like kind of like a telephone game. Like the the theater that we use to film is actually a space that we use for some of the largest events that we throw in Los Angeles, like our Halloween ball or the New Year's Eve ball. You know, it, there's it fits several thousand, but not because it, people there's there's different type of events there all the time. Like film crews come in and they do they do events five to seven days a week. So sometimes we, if we had things set up in in some of like the the lower levels and they had they needed to have access to those spaces days that we would shoot we would have to strike the set yeah i actually madonna's video shot there i think her latest video was yeah. shot there which which way the medellin though i don't i don't uh, it's like basically the, the one where there's like a giant shoot yeah. oh god god control was <laughs> shot there too yeah it was yes and actually they shot an episode of the real housewives of beverly hills <laughs> yeah it's a really old beautiful theater it's it's sort of the perfect home for us because there are just dozens of rooms that people don't even know about in there. And a lot of times you'll see on the show, uh, 
like where we put the bodies after we kill the competitors, you'll see them at the last suppers and stuff. Those rooms are like in catacombs that like very few people can even access. It's really mysterious. Yeah. There's been some scenes where the, the areas in the theater that we're in, like patrons aren't allowed in because it's been, it's been sequestered off for like decades. So you climb the staircase in the dark. There's no power. There's like layers of dust just to get up and into some of these areas of the theater that have just been blocked off for who knows how long, but we're allowed to go anywhere we want. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh you know it's like when you guys took the contestants into that haunted house um louisiana was telling me that it was uh crumbling all around them that they were, <laughs> they were like really fearing for their lives yes it was, it was very scary. it's very dangerous that that is an old haunt attraction that is no longer in use because it's decrepit and it is crumbling so it was actually super dangerous to film in there and to put them through but that was sort of you know it was the finale we really had to make them fear for their lives so (laughs) are you worried like in future seasons it's going to be hard to like top yourselves or that sounded like that sounded (laughs) that sounded questionable No, I, I saw I'm that not. in a movie once. <laughs> you have to have a really long to to talk yourself. Um, no, we're not. I'm not worried about that at all. I feel like you know, there's we have so much creativity and we have tons of ideas. What's tricky is to try to match exterminations to the challenges of the episode. So we have tons of ideas for exterminations. They just have to match the theme. So when we sit down and say, what challenges do we want to? put out this year we just have to make sure that you know the intros and uh exterminations all line up and match the challenge yeah. yeah i actually love that part of conceptualizing the episodes and we knew that we were going to time the releases different this season and halloween would be the apex and the you know the crowning so doing a halloween episode was something we knew we wanted to do so matching that with a fucking haunted house was such a thrill we you know, it was just such a, so exciting to like come up with that idea, then find the haunt and just, you know, let our imaginations run wild. Well, you guys have had some really wonderful guest judges. I mean, Henry Rollins and Peaches Christ. That was such a good pairing there. Peaches is fantastic. She's and such Henry, a good judge. Henry's great, too. You know, it's really fun to have uh, a straight guy who is really not freaked out in any way by drag queens or queer people come and help judge the show because you know he has so much knowledge about performing and bands and things like that so we thought he was the perfect judge but we were also happy to bring in a lot of women from you know the horror industry Mm -hmm. because a lot of times they don't get a lot of shine and some of these the people that we brought in were icons that we looked up to and watched over the years so for us you mean amanda lapore no exactly (laughs) scary right (laughs) scary talented (laughs) <laughs> you know like bonnie aarons yes. who's the nun you know and and uh millie shapiro, millie shapiro. Harris, rachel true it was fun to see them especially because a lot of them you know they've they were in these classic films and then you haven't seen them for years and then you're like oh my gosh yeah felissa rose too yeah from sleepaway mm-hmm. camp that was great so it was it was fun to be able to do that you know we try to like not cram messages down people's throat but but sort of by just bringing in female judges from that space we were trying to say something. Well, we live by this kind of unspoken agreement. Like we just kind of naturally gravitate toward it. It's like, don't talk about it. Just kind of be about it. Don't say it, do it. So when, when people see our, our, even our crew, like the diversity that you see on the cast is mirrored by the diversity that work on the show kind of behind the scenes. So, you know, there's trans people on the crew. There's lots of 
uh, females, there's, you know, gay guys or straight guys, we really do just kind of like mix it up. And, and, you know, it would be easy and tempting to just be like, we're just going to stock the crew with gay guys or whatever. Yeah, and think that's diverse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so you guys are so like give- Francis McDormand, two words, inclusion writer. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not, it's, it's more, it's less about going out of our way to be inclusive in that sense and more about just being open and not caring about people's gender, you know, mm-hmm. especially with, cause we found out too, the, the more experience we got in the TV industry that, you know, for example, female camera operators don't, get hired a lot. And we were like, why? What is that about? You know what I mean? And there's just this like uh, misogyny there that we were sort of unaware of. So of course we didn't let that, we just hired who we wanted and who did a good job. And it happened to be uh, half of them were female. At half price. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought was interesting too is, uh, you know, what Madeline had her when she was up for elimination and you guys decided to show where she was really just kind of throwing a fit and being like, I don't want to do this elimination. This is going to ruin my career. What was, what was it like on set during that time? And what was it like later on when you guys were deciding, what are we going to show to the audience? That was a, that was quite a day. It was probably one of the hardest days, a lot more than that happened. As you know, when we were telling her about the extermination, the sun was still up. And as you may notice, it was dark by the time we did the oh extermination. <laughs> so a lot happened between them. And, you know, obviously we can't put everything on the air because, you know, you have to edit it down to fit the time format. Mm-hmm. But it was uncomfortable you know we we like madeline we like all the contestants we're actually fans of everyone that we cast Mm. so we really want them to thrive and do well and it's uncomfortable when someone gets upset like that especially with madeline who had in the past given other competitors a hard time when they wouldn't do exterminations (laughs) you know what i mean that it was kind of difficult (laughs) we all just big babies sometimes you know (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> right. But also, you know, the, the competitors put a lot of trust in us, mm-hmm. in the show, and in the process, because they've been working very hard. They do. Case in point, Madeline, she's, she has a career that spans years. She works hard. She's talented. She's, you know, she has her own following that she worked for before Dragula. So when we start describing what's about to happen to her, you know, she, yeah, I think questioning that trust happens and maybe she, it faltered a little bit like, oh, the, I'm going to be made a fool of. And she completely geeked out, freaked out. I mean, it was like an epic meltdown level more than what you saw even on the show. Um, and then the reality of what happened, you know, afterward, she was like, okay, wow, I feel a little, I feel a little dumb. Like you, you know, maybe I kind of completely overreacted and <laughs> thought that you guys were going to like do something to me that you said you wouldn't kind of thing. Well, and that was, I think, part of her challenge as her character was to me, her greatest fear was to be humiliated. So for her as a drag performer, not taking yourself too seriously as part of it. And I feel like that was sort of a lesson that she needed to learn. And it just so happened that she ended up in the bottom that week. And it's sort of poetic. I think that it was all, you know, fate. it was as it should should have been. Yeah. I want to tell you a little something though. <laughs> yeah. it's kind of like, we don't, we, we don't only help the girls develop their drag skills or the competitors develop their drag skills. Sometimes we help them develop their 
witchy skills as well because Matt, oh. we were we were out we were outdoors and it was still as anything could be like not no wind and no clouds that started happening where Madeline started melting down and I swear it was like some kind of old it, it was like a scene from Carrie or something the storm clouds rolled in the wind kicked <laughs> up it got freezing <laughs> as she was screaming and I was like. Oh yeah, this is working on Madeline Dracula. It's really pulling it out of her. If you go back and look at uh, when we introduced the challenge, it's sunny. There's no mm-hmm. wind. And if you look at us in the judging up in the judges' booth, look behind us. Mm-hmm. It's going insane behind us. Like the wind is going crazy. I it's- remember seeing it, and I'm thinking, God, their audio sounds so good with that wind going on. Just That's what I thought too. We were thought- like, this is going to be a mess. Like, how are they going to even salvage mm-hmm. the sound at all? Because yeah, it was also just like one take straight through because there was a meltdown. So the, you know, we're that was out of sunlight. Yeah. One thing that is so much fun to watch is the delight you guys have in in eliminating the queens or what is. They, they well, say the thing that like, I love the best is like we've separated you into two different teams and uh, we've selected your teams for you because we're smarter than you. <laughs> yeah. I just love all those little digs that you give yeah. uh, to them, Thank and it, it is so shady. And it's it's <laughs> just met with so much fun, and it really comes through. But I'm sure some people are like, they're so mean. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You get it. You get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's hysterical. I mean, well, because- it's not what drag is about. It's about you know breaking down all these kinds of walls and uh, these artifices and these polite politenesses. Yeah, it so. needs to be fun. Like mm-hmm. people start to take everything to, in our opinion, and we're mm-hmm. allowed to have an opinion, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like art yes people get too people take start getting too serious and too it's like we're all sick we're all family here mm-hmm. like just calm the fuck down you know what i mean like we're all family here we're having a good time like let's get crazy let's make some good tv drag is art and art is subjective how do you guys right. come to decide to say that in every episode there's so much wisdom in that statement I think it started with saying, you know, we we're sitting up here and judging the competitors, but we're not judging them like, Hey, I'm the best makeup artist. I'm the best performer. I'm the best lip syncer. I'm the best actor. That's not what we're saying. Mm -hmm. We're not, we're not judging them because we're better than them at everything. We're judging them. It's more like we've created a competition. We've created a game and they're playing the game and they're using their drag to win the game. And so we just don't want them to lose sight and ever think that, we are looking down on their drag because we're not, especially where we come from, you know, this John Waters world, we can appreciate really trashy drag to really polished drag to everything in between. So we just never want them to think that we're judging them in that way. You know what I mean? Well, a lot of people don't realize like, hello, uglies is taffy from female trouble. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We pull from all that kind of stuff, you know, so there's another aspect to the like our uh, drag is art and art is objective because once you know we're in the third season now we we started to get an 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 objectability an objectivity about our own existence in other people's minds like they don't know who we are they don't necessarily know exactly where we're coming from so we wanted to make sure that the audience was aware that we're not coming from this superior place and this this is the nature of our competition and this is the way that we view what we all do and it is an art so we wouldn't look down on our nose and tell someone they're doing it the right way or the wrong way because right. we, we kind of believe more that there aren't very many rules in this art form and we just wanted to make sure that was clear well i think the show is just such a hit you guys are, are going to be swimming in fame and fortune if you aren't already <laughs> blood. and blood <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what I think? And I could be wrong, but that's not something that we've ever been interested in. And I think that maybe knock on wood, that's why, you know, we've had the the amount of success that we have at this point is that we really just love what we're doing. And that's why we're doing it. And it didn't matter to us if we made money or didn't make money. I mean, you could tell from season one, our hearts in it from moment one, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, I, I think maybe if we just stay that route, then we'll be on the right path. But you guys are so mm-hmm. lovable and there's so much, you know, even talking to fans of the show, it's, it's just a different dynamic than other and I want to talk. Other I don't want to. I don't want to bring down other reality TV shows. You know, it's like yeah. they have their different dynamics. But there's this just a real uh, wholesome quality to the people who are fans of Dragula that I just really um, warms my black little heart. <laughs> well, we're all kind of misfits at heart, right? Like you think about growing up queer, and you guys probably grew up, uh, you know, relatively in the same generation as we did, and it sucked being gay as a kid, you know, Mm. and we were misfits and most of the people that we know were misfits and kind of treated poorly. And so, uh, I think we kind of bring that through celebrating those things that we used to get harassed for as adults. We celebrate that. And I think that resonates with a lot of people. What what do you guys look like out of drag? Like, do you have hair on your head? Do you have a beard? Do you like, that's, us to know and (laughs) were you guys shaving your heads for the season or was that like a bald cap we shaved our heads oh my god that's hardcore so at home when you guys are in bed together you're like rub it like cone heads i I call it golem mode or like you know yeah golem we look like Um, evil i don't know we look like (laughs) monsters and it's funny because they're like oh okay let's look like monsters for the next three months and that's we just end up looking like that for a while but because we shave everything you know eyebrows everything and then you're just kind of like hideous for a while (laughs) because it's just easier to do the drag and you get better looks right because you don't have to wrestle against that body hair yeah, it ta- it cuts out probably like maybe 45 minutes of the process. So if you're doing that daily, that ends up to be a lot of time that you're not in mm-hmm. front of the mirror. Mm-hmm. And then the makeup goes on so so effortlessly, not effortlessly, but it, it's just a smooth uh, effect. And there were looks that we kind of had designed in the off season mm-hmm. that we we're like, we really want to do this look, but it's bald. So we're like, fuck it, let's shave our head, you know? Right on. I got to ask you, because like sometimes this past season is the, the uh, episodes just kind of randomly dropped or they didn't show up at all. And some of the fans were just like, what is happening? I think they're spoiled for starters. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think it was it was much to do about nothing. Like, yeah. I think, you know, what it was, was Amazon wanted to drop the entire show at, all at once, once because that's what they do. And, you know, we were like, no, it's this competition show. You have to build momentum and there's viewing parties and all this. So they really tried to accommodate us and work oh, with okay. us and, and the other networks to do it. But honestly, as big as they are, it's their system just isn't set up that way. So it would literally be like, you know, and, and we kind of caused a bit of it because the first episode came out on time. That was fine. The second episode was like, it was an hour late and people were like, oh, you know, people online were going crazy. So, we're like, we're, we don't work in the tech department, so we don't know. So we start calling all our people. They start calling people. And then so people at Amazon so just start freaking out and trying to release it because they're like, oh, my God, they're upset. Let's get it out there. And then they do goofy shit like release two episodes or they, they just mm. it was just not something they were used to doing. And they really tried, but they just don't come from the same mm-hmm. culture that we do and understand. There's a momentum yeah, to it. Yeah. There's a magic low release. And there were a few other like 
uh, I, I'd say miscommunications and like promises that were made and not met on other mm-hmm. people's That's true. on other people's part. So it what turned into a period where we were so excited to get this season out because we really poured even more of ourselves into it. We knew the changes that we made. We were so excited to see the product, but most excited to share it with people. And we were like, oh, we finally did it. All this production and the pre-production and all the work and all the ideas, it all came to fruition. We're like, yes, oh my God, the first episode, what turned into a 10-week white knuckling nightmare it was it was probably the worst experience of our life really with the release schedule but the thing was people at, at the viewers didn't understand you know they yeah. were just like what the episodes blah 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 and i'm just like oh my god this is a fucking nightmare you know mm. but the show was so good that that's what was so frustrating because I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and to our own horn and say this everything on our end was done perfectly <laughs> it was on time no i'm telling you all the closed captions, everything was perfect and delivered on time. Mm. So I'm like, it's nobody sure. better give us any attitude. It's just the way that <laughs> well, since yeah. you guys are Amazon.com employees now, um, can you guys handle this return that I'm... <laughs> <laughs> well, now that they've moved to Netflix, Your which Netflix. is fantastic. We're yes. no longer on Amazon. Yeah, Amazon, uh, we are exclusively on Netflix. We're not on any other platforms. It's only Netflix now. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you. Thank you. What have you guys learned about doing a TV show with your husband? It's fun. Yeah. It's like, I I think this industry is really crazy and trying, you know, probably like most industries, but we we come from a different world. So we're learning television over the past couple of years. And I think that gears can shift daily you think something is going to happen and then it doesn't you you have no idea that something has happened and then someone calls you on halloween and says you're going on netflix in an hour you know so like that you know it's just crazy shit so to have someone that you trust someone that you know and someone that you can rely on is invaluable yeah i mean uh, what i will say is that you have to love what you're doing because it's all we do i mean we have worked i'm not kidding you from january until the last episode came out the only thing we did was this show. And I mean, it was, you, you have a little bit of time to sleep here and there, and that's about it. And otherwise, mm. you're working. And the people on our team were doing the same thing. They were over there sweating in the office, editing and, you know, fielding calls we're, and dealing with all this yeah. fucking Amazon drama. We're very grateful to them, too, because they believe in it just as much as we do. And, you know, our team is kick-ass. Well, be careful <laughs> what you wish for, because sometimes your nightmares come true. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And one nightmare of mine to come true would be to cook with the two of you guys here in our home studio. Mark and I will shave our heads for it. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Let us do it. Let's all bald queens. And then we're going to cook with our own hair. <laughs> what, what do you guys see us all cooking together is the question. I was thinking we would be making beef wellington. It's meat wrapped up in a delicate pastry. That's oh so good. But we're going to make it with eels. <laughs> None of the thought I was thinking about was like deconstruction. Deconstruction is a big, big idea in food cuisine. So mm-hmm. it's about like uh, pulling all apart the elements of food and that to better understand them. I think about blood and I think about sangria and I think mm-hmm. about, you know, blood sausage and bloody meals. So I'm thinking mm-hmm. of some like meaty dish that we Sheep's can head. sink our teeth into. Well, I can think of a very horrible, uh, scary dish that 
<laughs> that most people think is horrible and I think is delicious, which is I'm from the South. So uh, have you ever heard of Scrapple before? <laughs> yeah, I'm from Pennsylvania. What's Scrapple? Okay. Scrapple is delicious is what it Scrappy is. But once I, Scrapple. I, it's like a cornmeal kind of dish. Was, Scrapple don't. Yeah. It, a lot of people do not like it, but I think it's delicious and we can make that because people are scared of it. <laughs> well, I know whatever we make together, it's going to be delicious. So if you're in Chicago n- soon uh, in the next year, please uh, add, add an extra day to your itinerary and Come into the kitchen, honeys. We absolutely will. I think it would be fun. We'll make something really ugly. <laughs> Great. And delicious. <laughs> Congratulations. I absolutely yeah. adore you guys so much. And it's such a pleasure talking to you both. It was fun. Thank, thank you, you for having us. We appreciate it. We always love talking with you guys. Oh, Anytime. You. Come back next. If, if, we don't, if we don't see you, come back in the beginning of the next season. All right. Okay. It sounds good. It's a deal. There will be another season, right? Maybe. <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> I don't want to come off being acting spoiled or anything, but <laughs> well, I wasn't spoiled about the release. I think an hour. People can wait an hour for release. <laughs> Where's my Hoffenfeffer? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I'm not gonna lie. I get it. If she we're sitting pissed, here yeah. in a show, to, we're sit, we're like, let's order our dinner and sit down and get ready to watch the show. We sit on the couch, and if it's not there, I'm like. What the fuck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> so I am that person too. I totally understand where they're coming from. <laughs> hey, if somebody wants to uh, audition for you guys, what's a good way of sending their take to you? They just have to wait for when we open auditions. We haven't done that yet. So they just need to, we'll tell everybody on our social media when it's time for that to mm-hmm. happen. And is there a way to sweeten the deal? Well, I'll give, I'll, I'll give this advice. The final part of the audition tape requires you to do something horrendous in public. And a lot of times people will sleep on that. And that is the most important part of the audition. In fact, it got someone cast on this season. It's what made us cast them. So oh. when people think they don't have to do that, they're fabulous, or they already have a following and they don't have to take it seriously, we don't cast them. Can you tell us what they did? To get them cast? They, <laughs> they uh, got in a Wendy's costume... So they dressed up like Wendy's, like the hamburger, you know, it's Wendy and went into a Wendy's and ordered all this food. And and she had her belly out and she looked crazy. It was Violencia. And she went into Wendy's and it was a full on performance and she was not faking it. The people sitting around were looking at her like she was insane. She was pouring milkshakes all over. They tried to kick yes. her out. It was incredible. <laughs> I love it. So, it was so John Waters. She it was, was so funny. She, she was in character the whole time. She was like, my dad is dead. And she's like eating the hamburgers and crying. But she was, she was talking about what, what's the dad's name? I don't know. Dave. Whatever the dad was. Was it Dave? Yeah. It was Dave, yeah, yeah. Dave so Thomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a picture of Dave Thomas on the wall, and she's like, my father! (laughs) It was, like, so hilarious. (laughs) That's amazing. I I hope you guys ever release a little, like, bonus clips or anything. We might, but they always do stuff that we can't put on a network in it, you know? (laughs) So it's always, like, you'd have to blur out so much of it. You're like, oh, I can see a quarter-sized portion of the screen, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, you can't even show uh, blood on a tampon. Right, I know. Well, I think they're... they're, uh, 
I feel like I read somewhere that someone might have gotten away with that recently, but I don't know. Uh, I know we were told that we couldn't. So, so you can have blood streaming out of someone's head, but not between their legs. <laughs> Isn't that weird? I know. This is America. Let's not forget it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I just love you guys so much. Keep pushing the envelope. Keep shining on you crazy yeah. wild diamonds. And torture those drag Thank queens till they're Thank dead. You. We will. <laughs> <laughs> Leave no one alive. We have, to get our we have to get our production frustrations out somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. Take care. Thank Bye. you, guys. Bye. The Boulay Brothers live in Los Angeles, California. Check out Dragula, the search for the world's next drag super monster on Netflix. No commercials. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Released on time. <laughs> well, you can watch all seasons, I guess, right? Or is it just two and three on there right now? You know, I just, uh, I just, Dracula's kind of uh, become one of my favorite reality TV shows. Just one of my favorite TV shows, period. Mm -hmm. And I was on every episode this season. And part of it is like, the Boulay brothers are so likable. There's a real charm to them both. They're, they're very sweet out of drag. And even like when they're being cruel and mean to the girls, there's still, you can see that, that, that playfulness come through, you know? Yeah. And again, it's like, they don't, you know, they're not serious, but there's a little bit of fake seriousness there. Well, and, and really then there's fun. also wisdom there. There's the, you know, it's like, uh, art is drag and drag. I'm sorry. Drag is art and art is subjective is something that, only a very intelligent person, a uh, person with a lot of experience and wisdom is going to be able to say and, and find it so important to make it a cornerstone of the feedback process. Mm. And I think, you know, Dragula as a show with a lot of heart and a lot of uh, creativity and a lot of um, countercultural sensibilities. And I am just thrilled that it's doing so well and it's um, taking off. I Wish them nothing but the best. The answer is always more drag, right? When you have a broken heart, make art. Aww. I want to remind folks we can't do this podcast without your support. So if you're not a Plus member, you sign up today at feastoffun.com slash plus. Or join us on Patreon at patreon.com slash feastoffun. And get behind the scenes look at what we do here at Feast of Fun. Coming up on Cooking with Drag Queens on our YouTube channel this week. Peaches Christ, Woo. the devilishly wonderful San Francisco's drag impresario. She's going to be coming in and uh, give, paying tribute to John Waters by making some uh, crab cakes. Mm -hmm. Maryland style crab, Baltimore style crab Baltimore cakes. Baltimore style. style crab cakes. Well, they're, they're, these are Baltimore style. Okay. Special trashy twist. <laughs> they're actually quite delicious and they're not cheap to make. It's that the most bougie thing we've ever made on the show. You know, because if you really want to have good crab cakes, it really it starts with good crab. And good crab is not inexpensive. And um, after her, guess who? Disasterina! Disasterina! <clears throat> Excuse me. Mm. We're going to be making... You want? To, should I tell them? What with disaster? Yes, it's green curry, mm -hmm. turkey, and butternut squash ravioli. Mm. So it's green ravioli, but instead of an Italian sauce, it's an Indian curry sauce. Mm. A Thai, sorry, a Thai curry sauce, and the combination of flavors with 
If you've never had green curry with pasta, it is something that's out of this mm-hmm. world. And we're making it mm-hmm. uh, along with uh, Ave Rose. She pops in at the very end of the video to... Disaster uh, and his wife, yeah. Share, yeah, her wife. But it also is really kind of a lot of fun, too, is we make with her uh, Glubschlaba, which is some drink she always talks about. I'm like, I don't know what's in Glubschlaba, but I'm, I'm like, what's in it? She's like, sticks, weeds. I'm like, all right, we'll figure something out. <laughs> <laughs> you it can, actually tasted pretty good. You can watch uh, sneak pe- previews of all our future Cooking with Drag Queen mm-hmm. episodes and help us fund mm-hmm. new projects at our Patreon channel, patreon.com slash feast of fun. Join it. You're missing a lot. I want to thank you guys so much for listening to the show. If you like Feast of Fun, hit subscribe. Smash that subscribe button. Ooh, uh, uh, make it. Ooh, yeah, baby. We are everywhere. Fine podcasts are found on iTunes, on Snitcher, on Stitcher, mm. <laughs> on Google Podcasts, on what is it? Uh, Spotify. Everywhere there's podcasts, there's Feast of Fun. Yeah. And it's available free, honey. Get it. Get it. Put it in your your phone, your computer, and your ear, and enjoy it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye, everybody. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.